Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we're pressing on here on a Wednesday in the NBA. Bit of a smaller slate than yesterday, but still plenty to choose from here on Wednesday night. We are coming off a pretty rough Tuesday, at least in the best bets, 0-3. We're going to have to pick it up here in the best bets. We were sliding this week, but player props still holding strong. Only lost 0.2 units there. So a couple of things, ball bounces your way, doesn't bounce your way. Big difference, obviously, um, but we'll look to uh, to make it a little bit better here tonight. Definitely want to uh, check out the player props video we have up as well today. We got best bets in this video for you. Like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along each and every weekday this season. Also head to thelines.com. Check out the great written content up on the site right now and use that odds finder tool that we're using every day to shop these lines and get the best bets available to us out there. Uh, Nate, let's go ahead and run into your first best bet here for uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, going back to fading the Bucks, we did take them on Monday a little bit. Um, the you know the perform- player performance double didn't quite hit, but now they're on the road at Toronto, not facing a team that was on a back to back in Chicago. And there's no way I think they should be favored. Toronto plus four and a half half unit, and uh, the other half unit on the money line, if you will, plus one sixty four. We saw this exact situation a couple weeks ago with a pretty offense-starved Nets team beating the, the Bucks straight up because your offense might look bad against other teams, even the Wizards in the Raptors' last game where they just kind of came out very sleepy and couldn't score in the half court. But this Bucks defense is making you look good uh, in the half court. They are just not together. Um, and, I mean, it's more about concerns with the Bucks' offense, especially in closing time. I don't know if Dame is not really healthy um, or he's just struggling to fit in with this group. I mean, we know they're struggling to work together, Dame and Giannis. It's very much uh, alternating turns. We saw Giannis just go off in two without Dame. Dame comes back and just kind of hovered around in the corner for much of that game uh, while Giannis continued his stuff against the Bulls. And it's just like, where where is Damian Lillard? Is he is he a uh, going to touch the ball at any point? Um, but yeah, I mean, now with Jay Crowder out, the defense is going to suffer a little bit. Yes, Toronto is probably going to be without OG and Gary Trent again. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I think they get up for these games, obviously. They've played Milwaukee pretty tough, played Giannis pretty tough. And and actually, Dame, I mean, minus 26 in the first meeting earlier where, where Toronto dropped 130. I don't expect that kind of output again from them. But he was a minus 24 the previous meeting with Portland when he had it cooking, when he had 30 points. So he's not... <clears throat> Very, uh, very much excelling against this Raptors defense. The Bucks have yet to cover on the road. They have a 124 defensive rating versus 113 at home, giving up the most second chance points per game on the road. Uh, that's going to be trouble against the Raptors. Uh, they got out rebounded by 21 in the previous meeting. Um, you know, an unsustainable but encouraging 56% field goal shooting for those Raptors. So that that indicates they are getting good shot quality, getting in deep. And it's hard to score on the Raptors. I mean, I kind of lean under here if you want to tease the total up to 232 and take an under uh, along with Raptors plus eight. Toronto, I mean, fourth in defensive rating in the fourth quarter, third in net rating. Milwaukee's 21st in both departments and actually has the second worst rebounding rate down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Um, You know, so I, I take Toronto at home here. It's almost wrong team favored. I agree. Um, I, I was thinking about this last night as well, just you know, perusing these lines and, and seeing this one come out pretty early and, and going, 
we're still doing this, huh? We're we're still we're still doing the the Bucks are gonna be favored on name recognition and Giannis and, and Dame's names, I guess. So okay, that's fine. We got the Raptors at home. Um, I like them in this spot coming off of a really bad game, like you said, um, and and being able to yeah play, play a little bit better at home, like everything you said. I mean, you you nailed it with this one, and, and I would have uh, talked about this game if you hadn't. So I'll move on to my first pick here in the best bets, and that is the Kangs at the Lakers here and I'm taking their money line uh, minus 110 I believe you can get it minus 105 as well so make sure you shop that as uh, for the money line for the Kings the, I think it's wrong team favored once again like Anthony Davis might not play this will be the Lakers on a back-to-back you have a very healthy Kings team um, that's going to be uh, playing with decent pace now that De'Aaron Fox is back but even in their last game um, when he came back and, and they beat the, uh, the the Cavs the other night that was still a relatively slow game for them like 98 99 pace not up around like 102 or 3 where they were off in last season so the the Lakers also playing a decent pace but like this is going to be one of those things where old guys need more rest man and LeBron's already doing superhuman stuff for this team with his usage um, and, and the amount of assists and potential assists and everything that he's he, the usage that he has all over the floor they're gonna have to rely on that again tonight I, I don't think they're gonna be hanging around in the fourth quarter uh, with the clutch player of the year back in Deere and Fox uh, who cooks this team man like they, they haven't been able to guard point guards for a while and that's going to continue to be the case here with one of the best offensive point guards in the league and someone who proved that he is kind of a walking offense he kind of is a system in his own right in De'Aaron Fox because of the way that he plays and how effective he is at getting to the rim and transition and even in the half court so uh 38 and 4 those were his splits in four matchups versus this team last year um, and then earlier this season also cooked them again. Um, and so it's really D'Lo guarding him now. Gabe Vincent guarded him earlier this season. He's now out. Much better defender than D'Lo. Um, and even Austin Reeves and Cam Reddish not doing very well uh, defending the wing right now. The, both of them, all, all three of these guys with D'Lo in there, all have 116 or worse as their individual defensive rating. Um, it's a big reason that the, the Lakers aren't really like the the sort of dominant defensive team that they were when they, when they won the chip, that's for sure. And Dennis Schroeder is missed. I will definitely say that. And even Pat Bev, to a degree, is missed. Uh, both of those guys were the, the guys guarding De'Aaron Fox on route to scoring uh, 30 in those four games last year, at least. So, um, you know, like I said, the, the Lakers on a back-to-back here just don't like any of that for them. Uh, I think with the, the the tired legs last year, they were nine and 14 against the spread and straight up when they had a rest disadvantage, um, six and six uh, uh, on no rest with a minus five margin of victory because they were getting blown out in some of those as well and just kind of given up by the third quarter, which I honestly think is what we could see tonight. I, I think I maybe I'm missing something with this spread being in favor of the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, it's a, almost a pick spread, so it's not like yeah. the Lakers are getting that much creed here. But um, yeah, I mean, the back-to-back is huge. And the fact that you look at the Lakers, they they lost four straight, a lot of them in decisive fashion before they beat a shorthanded Suns team, a G League Blazers team, and then uh, what, what was the la- game last night against the offense-starved Memphis Grizzlies. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I I think the Kings, who have, who have figured out how to play without Fox, now get him back. Uh, going to be pushing the pace, going to be trying to take advantage of their rest advantage here. Um, definitely think it's it's fine to just sprinkle on them on the money line here. This is pretty much the theme early in the season, right? Is like fade these old teams with name recognition that have like long-term postseason goals. It's November and they're just, they're just not bringing it early. And you should probably, the book would favor it the other way if people didn't recognize, oh, LeBron and AD and, and just try to, take the Lakers at home here but the Lakers have not been good they've been one of the worst offenses 
on top of the defensive issues you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, so let's let's look at the premier Eastern Conference game here. I'm going to go under with the Sixers and Celtics. Uh, maybe I'm stepping in it with just following the trend. The last like eight, ten meetings, seven of the last ten have gone under. The last five in Philly have averaged 211 at a 95 pace. Um, you know, four of those would go comfortably under the 225, 226 it's hovering at right now. Sixers are on a back-to-back. They're, you know, offensive numbers, defensive numbers inflated by playing Indy consecutively before that, before this matchup. Uh, Indy will just, you know, shoot the lights out, force you to play fast. Uh, will that be tired legs? Will that hurt Philly's offense? Probably. Will they still be able to D up against the Celtics? Probably as well. They have enough length. Tobias Harris is playing great defensively. They've done a really good job on Tatum. Um, in their last four regular season meetings, he's at offense rating of 97, getting 19 points per game. And <clears throat> look, the pace has just been so slow the, the last times these teams have played. I, and Philly's definitely going to want to lean into that at home after that track meet last night, right? So 94 and a half pace the last four regular season meetings, 91 when they were in the playoffs. Kristaps Porzingis is legit questionable, I think, with the knee contusion. And that makes you worry, oh, well, maybe Embiid's going to go off. Um, I mean, I think he's got to be a little tired after playing 38 minutes last night. You still have Al Horford to throw at him, who's done a good job in spurts against his former teammate. Um, And the Celtics were able to keep him off the line in the last meeting, which is really the key for an under happening here, is just don't let JoJo shoot like nearly 20 free throws and, and slow this down. Uh, Maxi was inefficient in 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 the last meeting here. It took him 27 shots to get 25. He had 19 points his previous three meetings with the Celtics. Granted, that's because Harden is taking over, and 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 it's the Celtics on the road versus at home is just huge discrepancy right now in terms of their scoring. Offensive rating 112 versus 130, shooting 32% from three uh, versus just insane numbers at home. Um, and they can limit what Philly does. Philly's number one in fast break, number two in free throw attempts, Boston fourth defending fast break, fifth limiting free throws. So I think we see another, you know, kind of hotly contested affair that slows down in the fourth. You might even want to take a live under if it starts a little faster because the way these teams know each other, I think it'll get bogged down down the stretch. Interesting. Yeah, I definitely like the angle of it bogging down, as you say, down the stretch. Um, I am not a glutton for punishment anymore by betting on this particular series. I definitely think you have a better handle on uh, how, how these teams match up. And uh, I'm going to let you definitely lead the way on that one. And, and definitely I tell you honestly as well, because I do, I, like I said, really like the angle of things slowing down, down the stretch, especially. So one game that will not slow down maybe at any point is the Wizards and the Mavericks, who are two of the fast breakingest teams and the two least likely teams to get back and stop the other team's fast break. So I'm going with the same game parlay of Luka to get 25, Kyrie to get 20, Dallas to win this game. On FanDuel, it's actually up to plus 126 uh, on the, uh, the the money line there as well for, for Dallas. So one unit on that. Um, I'm going to shout out a, a fellow capper, Crispy Cappen. Follow him on Twitter. He's really great. Um, and he he called this out where in the uh, since Luca has joined the Mavs, they've had a few games where they've lost by 20 or more points. It's happened 12 times in the following games. They are 12 and 0 straight up and 11 and 1 against the spread uh, when they are the favorite next game. So they're definitely the favorite in this game on the road. Luca continues to crush them. They actually lost to this team four times in a row now. Uh, the Wizards, uh, the Mavs have lost to the Wizards four times in a row. 
different teams than we're seeing right now. Just also very funny. But Luca's averaging 33, nine bo uh, boards and seven assists in about 37 and a half minutes at that time uh, in, in those games. So I think that's just going to continue here. Like Washington's sort of just porous everywhere. Go the, when the best guard on the other team is really, you know, like a ball dominant scoring guard, the way that Luca is capable of being, and Kyrie definitely will be when he has the ball, uh, they're they're getting cooked. Uh, and it's it's a, from the wing. It's definitely in the paint as well. I believe Gafford's playing in this game, but when he is out, man, even like in the midst of games that he plays, when he's out, they are just a turnstile around the rim. They allow the most points per game, assists per game, uh, worst defensive rating, fastest pace, uh, allowing so many three-pointers per game i think it was above 15 so that's obviously what the mavs are going to do shoot the highest percentage of their field goals from deep and they're going to have open looks from deep uh coming off of a, a really bad loss for them like we said they just got spanked there uh, against the pels in new orleans so yeah Kyrie also interesting for him in the two games so far this season this actually dates back to his last four including last season when he goes under 20 points the following game always goes over 20 points four times in a row averaging 22 a game um and ups his shots as well which is not that hard of a, a psychology to, to follow there with Kyrie, which is I'm not going to score less than 20 again, like I just did. That's why I'm averaging uh, 17 and a half shots per game in those games following where he doesn't get the, uh, the 20 points. So he should be good for the 20 Luca probably good for the 30, but I just wanted to get this at plus money with, with their money line. So. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good conservative lean because if it's a blowout, maybe Luca doesn't need 30. Um, the, the, this total at 245 and climbing, I think open at 240, people cannot get enough action on the over with these two teams. So it makes sense to just parlay some some points with the Mavs who completely lean on that backcourt. The Wizards are just atrocious defending the backcourt. And yeah, I don't think they can win this game. I, I mean, yeah. blowing that, that lead that they did at the Raptors where they basically didn't score for the final like eight minutes. The Raptors were just like, all right, you got you got nothing else you can you can really throw at us. At this point, yeah, the Wizards are not going to be able to close a close game against a, a Mavs team that's playing really well. Nate, let's go ahead and run right into your first prop here for Wednesday night. Yeah, and that was my fault on Tuesday. Josh is 4-0 and on player props to open this week. Uh, give him his flowers, but I, I was a little lazy with the picks yesterday, I have to admit. Um, just kind of following the game log. Here, I'm going with Devin Booker, and uh, there is no game log because the man has only played two games this season, and he hasn't played in a while, but he's he's going to be back tonight. The Suns are finally going to have their big three, and I'm still taking him over 25.5 points because he's still the alpha of those three, um, and especially if Jaden McDaniels is not suspended and he's going to be playing for the Wolves, he should be all over Kevin Durant, and tough, tougher matchup for Durant, who I think is fine, you know, letting letting Book take on some usage after he's had to carry this team where neither of the guys have played much. Beal has struggled in his three appearances. I, I mean, he's got three and a half turnovers to three and a half assists running the offense the last two. So, I mean, the Suns, while Book's turned it over a lot, he's still going to be the man here running the offense. Um, Suns are on two days of rest. Minnie is on a back-to-back. -back. It's the first back-to-back for Mini this year, while they've been elite defensively, their defensive rating is 13 points per worse per 100 possessions on the road. Last year on back-to-backs, they gave up, I mean, their games averaged 238 versus normal rest. They averaged 229. So is a game state where we should see a lot of points, um, more, more points than, you know, you just saw with the Wolves facing the Stephless Warriors, I will add, whose Steph is just the offense for the Warriors. Um, so now you face these three guys who looked great in the preseason, 
Um, but it, you know, it's going to be about book taking on the mantle. He averaged 31 and a half in his two appearances before going down average 30 and a half his last two against mini. Um, and the usage rate has pretty much been the same when he was out there without Beal, but I don't, I, I just don't think Beal's going to demand the ball or try to take away from Devin Booker, who again is, is the alpha of this offense and should be getting his points. Um, just before I go out here, I actually saw a same game parlay, you know, DraftKings has these sponsored parlays that are just like crazy long shots most of the time actually don't hate this one booker kd 25 points beal to get 20 still suns to win at seven to one odds uh i think it's worth a sprinkle it's just the wolves defense you know might not be able to shut down all three of these guys on a back-to-back yeah and and if mcdaniels doesn't play which who knows um he just after the ejection with clay if if you were watching late night uh wwe style basketball to kick off that that uh warriors and timberwolves game so yeah he if that he doesn't play that's huge i would also just throw out the friendly reminder that if you ever see a sponsored parlay run it through your own individual manually made parlay to make sure that the odds are the same not saying there's malintent Sometimes, though, those odds don't add up to what they would if you just manly, manually placed it. But it, it is like a legitimate sort of same game parlay for in terms of how reasonable it is to expect that. We'll see what, what to expect with all of them playing. Like that's, that's a lot of points, obviously, between three of them. But that's what this offense is built to do. So uh, De'Aaron Fox, that's my first one here. And that's a big reason for why in the best bets, mm-hmm. I'm happy to take a King's money line bet. Uh, if you watch that one as well, I'm going to split the units between over 26 and a half points. That's three quarters of a unit on that for him. That's his core line. And then 30 plus points at plus 165 on FanDuel. Some nice odds there. A quarter unit on that. So split the full unit for him to, to get some points with a little baby ladder there. This is what he does, man. Like the, the Lakers can't guard point guards, and he is one of the best scoring point guards in the league. They are slow and old, including, I guess, Delo's getting up there. But either way, he's just not a defender. And now he's going to be one of the primary defenders. It's going to be between him, Cam Reddish, and Austin Reeves as the primary defenders on uh, D Fox, especially with Gabe Vincent not available for this game. I don't like any of that for the Lakers. Uh, earlier this year, he went for 37, had four boards and eight assists in that game. And now that he's back, had been back for that one game where he came back and torched the Cavs for with 30 points, um, he's actually had four of his last five versus L.A. where he's dropped 30 on them, and in the other one he had like 28. So it's just it's a bad matchup for them. They they give up the seventh most points per game to the point to the point guard position. Last year they were also bottom 10, um, and they were probably better last year. I mean they definitely were with Dennis Schroeder playing defense a lot for them as well as Pat Bev. That's, inarguably a better defensive backcourt than what they're throwing at you now, even though Cam Reddish has been a good defender at times, like right now at 117 individual defensive rating for him is the worst of anybody getting like substantial minutes for this team. Um, And so, yeah, 80 playing, I don't know. They're on the second leg of a back-to-back. It's always possible that he's not playing. There's no props listed for him yet. So that's just another possible addition to, uh, you know, De'Aaron Fox's ability to get to the rim. If, if AD's not there, it's, it's, it's going to be trouble for, for the Lakers. This, I, I think it could potentially be a blowout honestly but I still think Fox is good to be a huge reason for that blowout getting his 30 points yeah and he's he likes playing at, at LA at the the arena formerly known as Staples uh under those bright lights I'm sure I think the Kings were pretty conservative keeping him out for what what it's been like 12 days now with the sprained ankle they initially said it wasn't it was a mild sprain he could have maybe come back so I think he'll come back firing on all cylinders and you can expect him to to be gunning carrying that offense once again uh, so the Cavs are at Portland, biggest spread of the night. Cavs minus 11 right now, even though Darius Garland is out. And 
while you might think that improves some of the role players and their chances, I'm still going under for Max Struess. You can get it under 14 and a half points at FanDuel. Uh, with the starting unit, you know, who knows how long he's going to be out there if if Portland is not competitive. But Portland, the one thing they've been doing is flying around to the three-point line, right? Uh, I mean, third in limiting threes, fourth in opponents' uh, percentage. In their last three, they're second in percentage, holding opponents to 28%. That's despite playing at Utah, where Utah, you know, just lit them up in the first half and then just took the whole second half off. So that kind of you know, sunk our bet is why there's a little bit of a pain in the voice there. Uh, but it, it basically it's relevant here because yeah, what if the Cavs just don't have to play their starters much? Uh, what if Karis Levert is out there running the second unit and Struess is just resting down the stretch. And so with Garland out, um, Struess has actually not done much in three of those four games, 7.7 points per game, shooting 22% from three. There's nobody setting him up. Also Donnie Mitchell, is just playing iso ball because they don't have that kind of, they don't have a true point guard. Donnie's been like 40 points in three of those four. The exception for Struess going off is in against Indiana, which just inflating everybody's stats uh, with their incredible offense and their poor defense right now. Portland is 30th in scoring. So no inflation here. 21st in pace of play. And like I said, they got a lot of guys hustling um, they know how to like run Struess off the line. He's been he's underrated as a playmaker. I think he could still get assists, boards, etc. Uh, but I don't think he's necessarily going to be scoring 15 points. I'm I'm good with it. If I like I like the correlation without the actual with D, without DG the PG uh, in terms of Darius Garland. I think that's that's a heavy correlation there as well. So yeah, Portland's defense, like you said, flying around. Uh, we were both shocked to see that they were like the 10th rated defensive team in the league. Um, that was before last night, but they're probably not too far down. So um, I, I'm, I'm with all that. I, I, I like the I like the bet here. So let me close out with Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma over 23 and a half points, minus 115 on FanDuel. I think this was an easy find. We were both like, look, there's 246 points expected in this Mavs and Wizards game, and that number could be up to 250 by the time we see the tip, if everybody's still in on it. It's like all the numbers come back to neither team defends um, in, in transition. Both teams like to get out in transition, especially the Wizards. And uh, Kuz is going to be in, in a spot where Dallas doesn't really defend very well at this point. Unshockingly, they let go their entire cast of wing defense last year when they traded them. Uh, and that is when they started to give up a lot more threes, became less able to guard a position like a versatile four or big three, whatever you want to call Kuzma these days. Um, and that's why they give up the most points per game to that position and have struggled against guys like Kuzma who can shoot from deep um, when they stretch out you know, the, the bigs on Dallas. 36 points last year and 30 points in uh, the two games that he played against Dallas. One of those came right after that trade where DFS and, and company found themselves on different teams after uh, Kyrie landed in Dallas. So um, in this one as well, like I think the, the ability to like shoot the transition three, there's a lot of catch and shoot stuff for Kuz uh, and Dallas is a team that will give up a lot of catch and shoot stuff as well. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I just, I like everything for Kuzma in this 23 and a half points, probably ladder that one as well. I, I didn't look in to that one too much more but if you want to like climb up and get plus money for like you know 26 25 plus um something probably need to get it up to like 27 26 whatever it is where you find it but kuz is good bet to, to score a bunch of points tonight yeah hard to find an under anywhere in this game based on yeah the implication um you know and mav starters got a little bit of rest so i wouldn't 
hate, you know, taking some of their guys on a back-to-back. You mentioned in the best bets, uh, a Kai Ruka same game parlay for them to win the game. Uh, but yeah, Kuzma, Jordan Poole should be out gunning. And the, the Mavs wing defense has left a lot to be desired this season. That's that's for sure with Derek Jones Jr., the, the starting small forward. Yeah, and sometimes center, depending on the lineup. So it's a very fluky or just sort of wonky way of playing defense in Dallas. But we'll see how it goes, because on offense, they're doing just fine. But that is all the time we have for you in the play of props today. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Also, check out Best Bets, like I said, to start this thing. 11 and a half units up on the year. So we will continue to climb up. And until we see you next, happy betting. Stop.